0: All right, uh, well, welcome to The Well. My name is Ben Post. I'm on staff with Campus Ministry. We were not in this room last week because we were hanging out at the Three Mile Project watching a Super Bowl party, or having a Super Bowl party. That was a good time. Uh, go Chiefs, apparently, yeah, we're okay. Uh, nobody cares about that. I do, and somebody else, yeah. Our Mark, man, Mark loves the Chiefs. Love it. Uh, anyway, anyway, okay, so tonight we are going to continue our series, uh, our story.'re walk we're walking through the story of the Bible together this year from Genesis to Revelation. Okay, so we have this graphic up here. We got the two trees that symbolize the garden and creation. Then the three figures there are the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob representing their stories. We got the story of Moses and the Exodus. Joshua and the Israelites and the conquest. We have the period of the judges. You got the little gavel there. Uh, and then you have David and Goliath. Um, and then David comes to power. The next thing on the timeline here is a map uh, signifying the divided kingdom, which we'll come to that in just a moment. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Then you have a scroll that represents the prophets, the time period of the prophets. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, my good friend Scott Stark was here And he was doing his best impersonation of embodying the prophet Isaiah. And it was awesome. So if you missed it, you should go back and listen to it online. Uh, Anyway, we were talking about the prophet Isaiah here a couple of weeks ago. And we are still looking at the story of the prophets tonight. Tonight we're going to look at a much lesser known prophet. Prophet by the name of Habakkuk. All right, Habakkuk. Well, hopefully that clears up everything, Uh, and now the whole story of the Bible makes sense to you. Uh, Anyway, love those guys and the work that they're doing to help us kind of connect the dots a little bit from Isaiah to Habakkuk tonight. Uh, Okay, so here's our timeline. Uh, Like I just talked about, creation, the patriarchs, Moses, uh, Joshua, the judges, David, and the United Kingdom, and then there's the divided kingdom, and then the prophets, okay? I want to show you a few maps Maybe this will help a little bit as well. The blue purple color there is represented in the United Kingdom. Okay, so when David and Solomon were kings, this is what their territory looked like kind of that bluish color there. After Solomon, the kingdom was divided. Okay, then you have that pinkish fuchsia color Israel in the north and Judah in the south. Okay, so Jeroboam was a king. And Israel kind of went, walked away from God and they're kind of doing their own thing. Jeroboam was one of the kings of the north. If you're familiar with the king of Ahab or maybe the story of Elijah or Elisha, those stories take place in the northern kingdom of Israel. And then we have somebody by the name of Judah or somebody by the name of uh, Isaiah in Judah in the south. Okay? So then after that, we have the Assyrian Empire. Okay? So the Assyrians, they come in over from the east. And they totally wipe out the northern kingdom of Israel in 722. But Judah was left untouched. So you got Judah kind of alone there. Um, so the Assyrians come through, they wipe out uh, the northern kingdom in 722. And then after the Assyrian Empire is the Babylonian Empire. And the Babylonians come in, they conquer the Assyrians. They conquer Israel again in the north. And then they do what the Assyrians were unable to do. They were also able to take over Judah, the city of Jerusalem in the south. And the prophet Habakkuk is writing during the time when the Babylonians are coming. Habakkuk is in Judah. And they've already conquered Israel in the north. Now, the Babylonians were some bad dudes, okay? And it's really hard to kind of describe what they were like, but I think maybe the best way to um, describe them would be kind of like ISIS, okay? So a few years ago, ISIS was pretty common in the news and all that, like decapitating people and stuff like that. Let's just pretend that we are feeling what Habakkuk and the people in Judah were feeling. ISIS is in the UP and they're coming down south, okay? Okay. They are now in Traverse City, and next week they're in Cadillac, and they are just destroying everybody and everything in their way. Can you feel the tension? This is the story of Habakkuk. This is what he is, he is writing during this time, okay? So Overall, the people of Israel and the people of Judah, they are, they are God's people. They're trying to live faithfully. They're trying to be a light to the nations, the people around them. But sometimes God's people screwed up. They stumbled. They fell. And they started worshiping other gods. And God would send these prophets to try to remind God's people, hey, this is who we are. Let's try to get back on course. This is not who we're supposed to be. This is who we're supposed to be. And if you are not following in the ways of God, there could be some consequences like the Assyrians coming through or the Babylonians coming through. So <clears throat> this tonight we're going to look at the story of Habakkuk. Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different tonight as well. So there's only three chapters in the book of Habakkuk. And we're going to kind of take a little bit of each piece of that. And we're going to kind of have like a three mini sermons and kind of do a little bit and take a break and talk about something. And then do a little bit, take a break. So just giving you a heads up how we're going to do that tonight. Uh, so Habakkuk was a prophet who wrote this book when there's corruption going on in Judah in the south. And he's trying to help the people of Judah get back on track. And he's also writing so desperately because the Babylonians are coming. And the Babylonians are going to wipe them out if God's people don't turn back to him. Okay. Uh, turn to Habakkuk chapter 1. If you have a Bible. If you do not have a Bible, just go ahead and raise your hand. We've got some people in the back that would love to uh, bring you a Bible. Habakkuk, uh, if you have one of those blue little ESV Bibles from the back, it's on page 457. Okay, so it's kind of near the end of the Old Testament. Uh, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, and then Matthew. Okay, so Habakkuk chapter 1. We'll read a few verses and say a couple things and read a few more verses. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. Okay, we'll stop there for a minute. Habakkuk is just kind of filled with these questions for God. And he's kind of expressing his his frustration at the evil and his frustration at at God for his perceived lack of response to it. How long, O Lord, must I cry out for help but you do not listen? He didn't seem to understand why evil just kind of seems to run unchecked, right? God, why why are you just allowing this kind of stuff to happen? And Habakkuk is just kind of upset that God is not answering his prayers. And so God responds to Habakkuk's complaint. uh, Verse 5. And basically his response is, uh, sorry, I heard your prayers, but I'm not going to answer your prayers the way you want them to. The Babylonians are coming, and it's going to be utter destruction. Let me paint the picture for you. Verse 5. Look among the nations and see, wonder, and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, or also known as the Babylonians. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff. And at rulers they laugh. They laugh at every fortress. For they pile up earth and take it. Then they sweep by like the wind and go on. Guilty men whose own might is their God. It's quite... A bleak picture that God paints that's about to happen. God warns Habakkuk that the Babylonians are coming and it's gonna be ugly. Okay? So, like I was talking about earlier, it's ISIS. They're coming, they're coming, they're coming, and they are just wiping everything out. They're not just like trying to take over politically, they are wiping everybody and everything uh, that is in their in their path. Verse 12. Back a second plane. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have ordained them as a judgment, and you, O rock, have established them for reproof. You who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? Okay, we'll stop there for a minute. <clears throat> Habakkuk is just overwhelmed. He's overwhelmed by the evil that's going on around him. He's overwhelmed by the stuff that's going on in Judah. He's overwhelmed by the pressure that's coming from the Babylonians. He's heard the news of what's happened in the north and how Israel's already been wiped out. And he's kind of saying to God, Aren't you, aren't you big enough? Aren't you, aren't you strong enough to do something about this? He says, are you not from everlasting? Why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent? Can't you, can't you do something about this? Aren't you, aren't you God? When's the last time you were mad at God? When's the last time you were mad at God? When's the last time he disappointed you? When was there a time when you were overwhelmed by the evil or the darkness in this world, in your situation, in your life? When did you ask God, why? Why, God? Why did this happen? Or why didn't this happen? Let me tell you a story. <clears throat> About my grandpa. My grandpa was a Dutch West Michigan farmer who had five daughters, my mom being one of them. Uh, Tragically, his wife passed away. It's just snow. Uh, Tragically, his wife passed away before I was born. He remarried, and his second wife, passed away when I was a young boy. When I was in middle school, uh, okay, so I, my, my grandpa, he was, he was kind of a stud. He remarried again. <laughs> he had a third wife. And when I was in middle school, we were sitting around the dining room table, uh, eating dinner together as a family my mom, my dad, my older sister, my younger brother, and the phone rang. The phone rang. I mean, we didn't all have our own phone. There was one phone. It's hard to imagine this. There was one phone. It was in the other room and like attached to a wall and it had this long cord to it, you know. And we never answered the phone during dinner because 95% of the time it was a telemarketer. That was always the window of time when they would call because people are home, they're eating dinner. Da, da, da. But for whatever reason, that night my mom answered the phone she answers the phone and it went quiet. Next thing I know, she hangs up the phone. She whispers something to dad and her and dad rush out the door. My grandma was just in a really bad car accident and she was rushed to the hospital and things didn't look very good. So my sister and my brother and I just sat at the table. And we wondered. We were stunned, and but we also wondered, what's happening? Is she gonna be okay? God wouldn't surely take a third wife from the same man, would he? When's the last time you were mad at God? When's the last time he disappointed you? When's the last time something didn't go the way you wanted it to? When's the last time you asked him the why question? Now, I feel like, honestly, I feel like the church has done a disservice to Christians and not giving us permission to really ask the questions that we want to ask. Sometimes there's these things that we just want to vent and we just feel like we shouldn't do that. But tonight what we want to do is we want to give you just a couple minutes right now. So there's paper and pens underneath the green chairs on the, uh, the side aisle. Just take a piece of paper and just pass them down with a pen. And we want to invite the band to come on up right now. Uh, they're going to play a song. And we're just going to give you a couple minutes to write down whatever it is that you want to write down. Why God? Whatever. Okay, we're not gonna collect it. We're not gonna have you share anything with this. This is just between you and God. Is there a time when you were mad at God? We just wanna give you a minute to just vent and just talk to God about uh, whatever it is that you're frustrated with with that. My friend Habakkuk cried out to God, expressing his frustration. And God answered with this warning about the big, bad Babylonians. And Habakkuk kind of cries out or vents again, asking, why, God? Aren't you big enough? Aren't you strong enough to do something different? And in chapter 2, God kind of replies again. And then we come to Habakkuk chapter 3. Turn to me to Habakkuk 3. And in Habakkuk's prayer here, really what he does is he just looks back at the story. He looks back at our story. He looks back and he remembers stories of God's power and of God's faithfulness. Habakkuk 3, verse 2. O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light. Rays flashed from his hand and there he veiled his power. Okay, so like verses four and five, basically what Habakkuk is doing, he's liking, he, he, he's kind of likening God's power to or His presence at Mount Sinai uh, over creation. Okay, so there's thunder and there's lightning, and God, your power is big enough and it's strong enough and it's over over all of creation. Verse eight, uh, God, you have used your power over the Nile River and over the Jordan River and over the Red Sea. When the Israelites crossed through the Red Sea, and when you parted the ways, and when you brought the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery, and you delivered them. God, you you showed your power then. In verse eleven, he remembers the amazing story of Joshua and the Israelites when the sun and the moon stood still while they were battling it out with the men of Gibeah in Joshua chapter ten. And at that in that verse, God is pictured as a, a warrior. So over and over and over again in Habakkuk 3, he's just kind of looking back at at the story. And he's recounting the ways where God's faithfulness and God's power stood true. He's looking back and he's recounting the ways that God has flexed his muscles and intervened in the past. And he's looking back and he's remembering what God has done and as he looks at the mountain that's kind of in front of him and how overwhelmed he is with the situation in Judah and with the Babylonians coming, he's just, God, God you've done this before. Can you do it again? What about you? What are ways you have seen God's faithfulness or God's power demonstrated in your life? An answered prayer, maybe, like Whitney shared tonight. Financial provision for spring break or Israel, freedom from an addiction, hope in the midst of mental health battles, whatever it is. What we want to do right now is we want you to invite you to turn your paper over to the other side. And like Habakkuk did, we want you to write down one or two or whatever ways that you have seen God's faithfulness in your life. Man, God, I've seen your power when you did this. It could have been when you were two. It could have been yesterday. It could have been five minutes ago. It could have been I don't know what it is. But is there ways that you have seen God's power and faithfulness demonstrated in your life? The band's going to play again for a little bit. And then we're going to invite Noah and Yana. Why don't you guys just come down right now? They're going to give examples of ways they've seen God's power and faithfulness in their lives uh, in just a moment. But go ahead and take a few minutes. Uh, and reflect on your story with that.
1: not knowing anyone. I made friends and acquaintances, but I didn't have any of those close friends. Uh, Following Christmas break, I signed up for a spring break trip, and through that spring break trip, I became really good friends with an amazing group of guys who I now call my best friends. Now I live with these guys, and every day, they remind me of God's faithfulness. So some of you may know this, but um, on my birthday this past year, December 2nd, my granddad got into a really bad car accident. He got hit by a drunk driver, and um, God has let me experience a miracle because my granddad doctor said that he should have died, but he is now back at home doing physical therapy and on his way to a full recovery. Would you guys stand and join us with us as we sing this chorus together? Sing All My Life. If you have been faithful
0: A really powerful song, powerful words, and I sort of feel like if we get to the end of Habakkuk, it's sort of the song of Habakkuk as well. Uh, will you turn with me to Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17, 17, 18, and 19. It says this, though the fig tree should not blossom nor fruit beyond the vines the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls he's anticipating the worst possible scenario great destruction by the babylonians There will be no fruit on the vine. There's no food. There's no livestock. We have no idea how we're ever going to eat or how we're even going to survive. And the worst possible suffering and loss. And then he says this, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so Habakkuk, he's, he's anticipating the worst. He knows that Babylon is coming. He knows that Judah is going to get wiped out. He knows that God is not answering his prayer of like, God, will you please save us? It's not going to happen even though he, said, he looks back and he looks at the story and said, God, your strength and your power like you did at the Red Sea and like you did with Joshua and the Israelites, I know that you are big enough and you are strong enough. And I know that you're not answering my prayer the way I want it to. But come what may, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. My parents rushed off to the hospital that night. Uh, And as I said, my brother and my sister and I, we sat around the dining room table. We were just kind of quiet for a while. Eventually we cleaned up the dishes and later that night we put ourselves to bed. And I, I woke up the next morning, came out of my bedroom, walked down the hallway through the kitchen to see my mom and my dad and my grandpa sitting quietly in the dining room i asked the obvious question how's how's grandma doing it was quiet before my mom said i'm so sorry grandma didn't make it last night and then i made eye contact with my grandpa and I thought, what does a middle school boy say to his grandpa at a time like this? So I walked over to him and I gave him a big hug. I said, Grandpa, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Life is just not fair sometimes. And he said, oh, no. No, 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 no. We can't say that. We just have to trust God. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, there's no herd in the stalls, and when you lose your third wife, and when the doctor report is not what you are hoping for, and when you don't get into the program that you are planning on, and when that relationship doesn't work out, and when this thing happens 10 years or 20 years or 50 years from now, when things don't go the way that you want them or hope them to go, may we be like our friend Habakkuk, who somehow, some way says these words? Yet, in the midst of the worst possible scenario in the world, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. God, I don't know why. God, I don't understand. And I'm not going to try to explain the things that are going on in your lives either. I'm not going to be here tonight and try to say, "Well, this is why this thing happened." I, I can't do that. And that's not what Habakkuk is doing here. He's just saying, "God, even when this happens." Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, I trust you. We just have to trust God. And he ends by saying this in verse 19. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. And he makes me tread on high places. Habakkuk is not referring to a white-tailed deer. He's probably referring to this. This is a Nubian ibex. Check out the goatee on that thing. Anybody else jealous of that thing? That thing is awesome. Uh, a Nubian ibex. The males usually have long horns like that. They are found in the Middle East, usually in desert, rocky places. Uh, and they can, you know, they can climb along steep cliffs. Check out these two pictures here. We see these animals almost every time we go over to Israel, but these pictures are from our friend Todd Bolton, who's a professional. So... Uh, Bibleplaces.com in case you're interested. Well, look at these things. Walking along a cliff edge. It's got like eight of them right here. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, seven. I can't count. Standing right on the cliff edge. These things are, an Ibex is just amazing. They've been given incredible Uh, agility, balance, strength, and adaptability. And God has given it these amazing hooves. Like their their feet are kind of like suction cups, if you will. Right? So they can climb up these steep cliffs. They can climb down these steep cliffs. All right? So this one's climbing up a steep cliff. This one's, I would die if I'm trying to do that right there. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's no way that my feet are doing that. It's amazing. And Habakkuk says, God makes my feet like this. God, make, God makes my feet like the feet of a deer. All of life is a journey. It's a journey on a path. And sometimes the path is not the path that we want. Right? Right? Sometimes the path is a little bit rocky, a little bit hard, a little bit steep, a little bit scary, a little bit crappy, honestly, right? And here's what we often do. We often, okay, when these things come up, we usually ask God to give us a different path. God, I don't want to do this. God, this is hard. God, this doesn't make sense. God, I'm kind of mad and I'm. But what if our prayer was not God, give us a different path? What if our prayer was this? God, can you. Can you give us feet like this? No matter the path that you have for me, no matter the journey that lies ahead, God, will you give me feet like the feet of a deer? So what about you? Do you know what you can stand on? Do you know that you can trust God no matter what, no matter when? No matter what you vented about on your paper, God knows those things. He knows that those things are weighing on your hearts. And you flip the paper over and you say, God, I've seen you do X, Y, and Z. But even if you won't answer my prayer, or even if you didn't answer my prayer the way I wanted it to, could we be like Habakkuk and say, Yet I will trust you, yet I will rejoice in you, yet I will. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Here's what I want to do. I want to invite you to stand. This will be our prayer together. Please stand. And I just want to read these last few verses from Habakkuk chapter 3. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines... The produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer, He makes me tread on my high places. I want you to repeat these words after me. This is what we get to stand on. This is our prayer tonight, that he will make our feet like the feet of a deer. So repeat these words after me. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. Like of deer. He, makes he makes me tread on my high places. On my high places. Okay, i got to be honest with you. I love you guys. I'm not sure you believed what you were just saying. Can we try that one more time with a little bit more like God, I want to stand on these words. Can we try to say it with a little bit more like conviction? Can we can we try that? All right. Um, God, the Lord is my strength. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He makes me tread makes me on, my on my high places. Amen.